Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm your host, the Sinsky Man, and with me today are Manny. I'm back. And Kyle. He's back. We are reviewing two matches, sharing our playoff potential thoughts, and previewing two matches. We're going to be facing Messi in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, and it reminds me of a conversation between Gandalf and Pippin, where Pippin asks, is there any hope, Gandalf? for Frodo and Sam, and Gandalf responds, there never was much hope, just a fool's hope. Well, call us fools, and let's get to it. Manny, you've been gone a while, so let me hear how you felt about the 4-1 home win versus Vancouver. I'm going to tell you how I felt about that, but before I do, I want to give a shout-out to you and Kyle for holding this thing down for like the last four or five weeks, maybe six weeks. You guys have been really consistent and the third person has been uh, different every time, I feel like. But you guys have always been here. And for that, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, we you put guys, the faith producer, in faithful. Yes. Producer yes. Ian, insert a gif of a bunch of people applauding Kyle and I, please. Yes, that. please do. Humbly, please do. humbly do that. Um, that also includes producer Ian, because I know he's here for every episode as well, whether he talks true. or not. Lur- so, lurking in the background. For yes, sure. With the creepy looking over the fence eyes. Yes. Um, no, but... Awesome. Thank you, guys. I really wanted to say that. Thank you very much for keeping this uh, all together on lockdown. You guys are awesome. Um, almost as awesome. You guys make me almost feel as awesome as this 4-1 win did. Uh, this 4-1 mm-hmm. win beat you out, though, barely, just barely. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was it was so good. It like uh, I want to bottle up that feeling and have it with me in a little pouch and be able to like just take a hit of it anytime I'm feeling down. That's how that felt. I just want to be able to like you know, you know those little sports packs they have during the game that they get thrown the gels. I want it in a gel form. I want this feeling in a gel form. That way, whenever I'm feeling it, I can just pop one of those in and be like, "Perk right up." That's what I want. Um, but yeah, I was, I was happy. Like the goals were good, and they were from all different people. I think yeah. that's what I I love when goals come from more than one player on a team, like in a, in a game. You know, like. Obviously, getting a, a team or getting someone to get a hat trick is is awesome, right? That's always fun. But like whenever the goals are spread out across multiple players, just like throughout the season, I really appreciate that because I feel like that means that the whole team is contributing. I know it's not about goals and I know it's not all about assists either. Like there's obviously 10,000 other things to do on a pitch. Um, but whenever you have four goals that were all put in the back of the net by different players, like, yeah, that's... That's awesome. That's great. I love sharing the wealth like that. Oh, yeah. I feel like that just means that everybody's getting involved. Everybody's doing their part and that we're attacking from so many angles and so many spots that there's a guy there ready for a rebound, that everybody's in it, and that you can't cover everybody when everybody's doing their job. And that's what that sounds like to me. Kyle, get in there. Refresh us with your thoughts. This Dynam Bros was multiple episodes since we since we talked about this remind me how you feel. i know i feel like i've lived a thousand lifetimes since this win um, and you get to relive this epic moment right now i do which i i'm happy to do so because this was a great game this was a this was a fun game um manny nailed it four different goal scorers in a game is is really exciting it's no newcastle v uh v sheffield but it is pretty Ooh. exciting um eight different goal scorers in a game we need to double it Double it, pass it to the next person. Um, but this was fun. I mean, you just, you had everything. HK, HK. Um, <laughs> I'm just realizing I put HK in the notes for this because obviously I'm assuming yeah, that Harry Kane scored this goal. Yeah. Um, but it was not Harry Kane, unfortunately. That would make my heart burst with joy and pride. Fortunately, get <laughs> um, out of here, Harry Kane. You're not welcome. That was just my, that was like a Freudian slip I had to throw into the notes for you guys, hoping one of y'all messed it up. Um, but no, an HH free kick is just, it's, it's, you love to see it. Um, even the, even with the deflection, I feel like that was going top bins regardless. Still and counted then, as his, right? It, it was, yeah, it was, it was target, listed so as his goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it took a pretty gnarly deflection though. Uh, but I will say it was probably going in knowing him and the, the Dorsey cut into his left foot. I mean, how do you defend against a player who's predominantly right footed can cross beautifully with his right foot yet has it in his locker to cut in on you and bang him in with his left foot. How do you, how do you go against a player like that? You can't. You don't. And, 
And you guys could go back and listen. I have raided Dorsey all season long. I was the guy wondering where he was. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. definitely an ambi footer. He's an ambi footer for sure. He is. Yeah. So this was just a good game. I, if you go and like, if you really dive into this game from a stats perspective, it wasn't our best game. Honestly, we were even possession. We had only surprisingly six shots total in this game, five of which were on target, four of which we scored from. I mean, that's pretty impressive. If you're not going to shoot the ball, at least shoot the, you know, make the ones that you attempt. And that's what we did in this game. So this is just a good reminder that soccer is not played on paper. It is played on the pitch. And these boys showed up in this game for one. Also, their one was actually an own goal. So it was really five nil. And glad to see Sviatchenko get his first of the season. That's really nice. Um, but yeah, just like a very <laughs> fun, solid performance. A good like continue the streak type performance that we needed. Home win. You know, remind the fans what we're fighting for at this point of the season. It's just it was just a good time. What do you think the XG was on that uh, Sviatchenko goal? Just like a like two hundred percent. I don't know how XG works, but that was for sure going in. Oh, for sure, all day. All day long. Yeah, our longest unbeaten streak since 2012. And you just, you hated to see it go. And the way it went following the next game, that Sporting Kansas City match. Um, Yeah, let's jump into that because what a heartbreak of a match. You know, I think all three of us were on the Dyna Bros for this one. And we we can kind of go from the highest of highs in that Vancouver win to just a crash and burn here. And so let's not relish too long in it, but go ahead. Uh, Kyle, continue your thoughts with the sporting Kansas city game. Why is this loss? Hard? Yeah. Yeah. I, I won't, you know, belabor this uh, too much longer. Cause I, I let it all out there in Dinah bros. Best rant. Best what? I'm sorry. Best rant since Jake from Dynamo Faithful. Let me tell yeah. you. Yeah, Jake uh, Jake has some pretty historic rants on Dyna Bros and on Dynamo Faithful full episodes. Um, and I was just, uh, yeah, I was just pretty beat up. Uh, I do want to give one big props here to Teenage Adebi for making his his full 90 return to the first team. He did that in the Vancouver game and had a really solid game. I was really happy to see him back. Um and uh, yeah, but unfortunately, he could not he could not carry us to full victory or a point at SKC, um, although he did get his, you know, tap in teenage esque finish from inside the six. Um, yeah, you know, this game was just it was just tough and frustrating. And I've been seeing a lot on Twitter since this game, like people are really divided. The fans are really divided on how to feel about a game like this. You've got one half of the fan population. That's like totally dejected. I'll, I'll, I'll say like, I was upset for sure. I definitely a game that we should not have dropped three points in. We should not have played as poorly as we did. Um, but I will also say like, we kept fairly level heads on Dyna bros. We did mention like, this is a team that historically loses on the road. We've not done that as often this season. So like, this is not to be totally unexpected. And then you've got the other half of the fan base that is like support the team through thick and thin, you know, our, I bleed orange. We lose. Sometimes it's going to happen. We support like Dynamo faithful supports this team. I don't know if you're talking to us. Like we are, we fully back this team hundred percent to lose the way we did in sporting Kansas city against sporting Kansas city. No less is that was a tough, heartbreaking loss. It was, I mean, to play 50 minutes against 10 men is, and the, to play the way we did, like you, you can't help, but be a bit, uh, you know, upset and let down by their performance. Still support him. I'm, I'm still playoff push. I'm on the train. Uh, we're going to bounce back. It'll be fine. But this was a, this was a tough one. This is one where we could have picked up a very, very important point or three points. It felt like the other side of the coin to me right after such a great game in Vancouver where we didn't take a ton of shots, but we made every shot count. You know, when you score four goals, it feels like your team must be shooting all the time. Even though when you look at the stats, that wasn't the case. Then this game, we take 11 shots, eight on target, and we just get the one goal. And when when you're a man up, you might expect bigger numbers than that. 
But I do think when you put eight shots on target and you only come away with one of them going in, that the other the keeper must have stepped up, the defense must have really stepped up that you're playing against. And I I don't want to take any all of the credit away. I'll take some of the credit away. I don't want to take all of the credit away from Sporting Kansas City because I do think they had a little help at times from referees and not understanding what handballs are and things like that. But I just that's why this was such a big loss, I think, to me, is we were coming off such a big high in Vancouver. It really felt like everyone was pushing into playoffs and that we were going to go into playoffs with this big win streak. We're kicking butt, playing real hard. Everything's going our way. And then this game just felt like nothing went our way. What do you think, Manny? Uh, I think that the reason that this felt so demoralizing was because we were on such a high. Not just of the game before, but yeah. we were literally on a seven game like non-losing streak right it was a seven game seven game unbeaten streak that we were on and it felt like that we were it did feel like we were untouchable right that's what it felt like and then for it to happen again like kyle was saying to our against uh kansas city skc stupid kansas city as i like to say Mm -hmm. um it just doubled down on that pain right so we go from on this seven game unbeaten streak to losing to a rival who's trying to climb up the ladder. We're trying to keep our position, you know, in the table. I think it was a compounding of, of things. Right. But to Kyle's point, like we're, you know, we're not trying to throw this, this baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. We're not done with this team because they lost a game. Like they're still doing, they're still doing great. And obviously like we're, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we, if we thought that they were uh, not worth continuing to support. We supported them all last year when they were not worth continuing to support. <laughs> so I think that that contributes to something. Um, but it was, you know, I, I kept on saying on the uh, on our text text group that we were gonna we were gonna get footballed, and uh, Jake was like, "What what does this mean? What does it mean to get footballed?" And I was like, "It's kind of like a smash and grab term. It's like where you had all the domination, but you still end up losing the game, kind of thing. Usually, it's a." a one Oh kind of lost thing where they get the, you know, a quick goal off of a set piece or something like that. And you can't just break their low block down. And during the game, I was like, that's what it felt like. But then I was like, but really like there was moments where they outplayed us and they felt like they deserved to get the two one going back and looking at the stats though. If you look at just the stats for this game, it does feel like we got footballed. (laughs) It does feel like they got away with one because that handball, that handball doesn't happen. Yeah, there was moments where we felt like we got outplayed, but if that ball handball doesn't happen, we walk away with a point at least, yeah. right? Um, that handball, and I, I know we we don't want to, we've already harped on the reps before, and I know we don't want to continue to do this, but what else do you do there besides turn away from the ball? You turn away and you bring your arm into your body and you're still called a handball? Like, what what is the natural position there? You know I, I mean, mean in the like, Premier League, you can just have your arms out and about, and if they hit a ball, well, that's ball to hand. But here, you got your arms tucked, you turn around, it, it somehow brushes a tricep, and all of a sudden, it's a handball. There's, there's just a stark inconsistency on what it means, and I think, I think this is across all the leagues in every tournament. A handball should be easy, and we've gotten into so much jargon and so much rule shifting and changing and manipulating over the years that I feel like no one is quite sure what a, what a clear cut handball is anymore. And maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's just, it's just wild. What can be and what cannot be a handball in this, in this sport, depending on what league you're looking at. And I know it's the and MLS, but what's crazier to me, I think is that he even got like, if in real time, the ref called that I could, I could almost be okay with that, right? If in real time the ref thought that it hit the hand and he called that and nothing VAR was like, you know what? That's not clear and obvious to, to call it back. Like, that's fine. Like, we'll stick with what was called on the pitch. But the fact that they called him to look at the screen for that when he didn't call it, mm-hmm. that's wild to me. Like, yeah. that, they thought that they had the video that we all saw and thought him pulling away from the ball with his arm tucked in was a handball like whoever was that fourth official running var that night like what are you doing I, yeah i don't understand i think that they they should change it and they they go back to either 
the ref makes the decision on the field and you live with it. Either he calls it or he doesn't. It's in the opinion of the referee. That's like the classic refereeism that's always been around. So it's but either his that. opinion, it's fine, or you let VAR make the call. And if it hits the hand at all, it's a handball. Just make it fully objective across the board. If it hits the hand, it's a handball. Stop making it subjective. Call him to the monitor. Review all the different angles. If it hits his hand, it's a handball or let the referee make the call on the field and VAR doesn't get involved. I'd be fine with either of those options. Like, Let's stop making this a 10-minute ordeal where he has to go look at the monitor and they tell him, and then there's this subjectivity of whether it's clear and obvious and whether or not he can go and reverse it. Like, Either make the call or don't, or let VAR make the call. And it's if it hits his hand, it's a handball, game over, Like, go take the penalty. You know, Stop making it such a big thing. And I just feel like the MLS was so good at VAR last season, where if the referee was spending more than like a minute over at the monitor, you knew he was coming back saying, nope, going with whatever I called initially. I can't tell. You know, if, and I think that's I think that's the right call. If you have to look at it over and over and over and over and over again before you can say, well, yeah, I guess so. And then then it's not clear. It's not obvious. You're having to zoom in and put in these and every. It's just you got to you got to make it to where it's clear and obvious. And if it takes a, more than a minute, it's not clear. It's not obvious. It's not obvious to the guy who saw it happen live and he's going also, and looking at it, slowing it down. How do we not have an angle from the other side of that? Yeah. Because yeah. they only had the one angle that was on this on the same side of the pitch. They didn't have the uh, a camera angle from the other side where the ball, the direction of the ball coming from. If you're gonna use a video assistance referee, you have to have more cameras. Like you have to have like I know you can't cover every single exact angle and the whole thing, but you gotta have cameras at least on both sides of the pitch. Like that was the same on. thing on the Johnny Russell tackle where they kept showing angles that were like, oh, yeah, I could see how this might not be a violent challenge where his leg. And then they showed like the angle where it was like perfectly positioned. It was like, hey, why don't you just start with that angle where it shows him completely studs up on Nelson's leg? Stop making it. Stop throwing in all these other angles where it might be subjective. Like this one is clear and obvious. Send the dude off, which by the way, that took nine minutes, guys. Yeah. That was ridiculous how long that decision <laughs> took. Nine Pro minutes of a commentator know, telling us. It's not. It's one. not. I think he's fine. I think it, that's a fair challenge. Could yeah. you imagine getting tackled that way and then being like, hey, man, fair challenge. Don't worry about it. You kind of got the ball sort of. Yeah. Also my entire yeah. shin, but a little bit of like the top thread of the ball. So pro refs just trying to build drama in the uh, in the game, you know, so. Pro referees is such a terrible organization. I do not like calling people out, but when I think about that organization, I think about just throwing up in every single trash can and beating them over the head with them. That's what I think about. But that's not what our head coach Ben thinks. Our head coach thinks about who his best friend is, game in, game out which is how we came up with this idea for Ben's bestie. And I want to hear from you guys, who is the bestie from this week's worth of games? I'll start with you, Kyle. Yeah, I'll uh, you know echo myself from like 10 <laughs> minutes ago, and I'll give it to Teenage. I think Teenage has come back from a surgery, an injury, a you know time away from, from full 90s, and he went out there and he played... Uh, 90 minutes plus what did Mikhail came in at the half for him in yeah. sporting Kansas city. So, you know, a game and a half under his belt, one of them, a pretty dominant defensive performance. Um, I think it's important to note teenage played that Vancouver game with, uh, 10 clearances, two of two aerial duels, one and zero fouls. You guys, he did not foul a single person, which is just incredible growth by that man. So, uh, Ben's bestie, teenage Adibi, glad to have him back on the pitch. Met him at one of those games this season. He was super kind. Yeah, that's a great shout. You know, teenage was not at the forefront of my mind, but now that you say all that, I'm kind of thinking that may, he might wind up being my pick. We'll have to wait and see. Manny, who is your Ben's bestie of the week? You know who was at the forefront of my mind? Also who? teenage. Oh, also yeah. uh, before Kyle even said it, as soon as he said it, I'm be like, I'm just going to look like a copycat now. But 
that was who I was going to pick was a teenage coming back from an injury full 90, that first game, uh, half game on that second one had a great first game back, uh, had the goal in the second game there, Yeah. There's he, he's gotta be it. Like, even if it's just for, cause I know he listens to this pod, even if it's just for him to listen to this and for him to know that people are out there supporting him and hopefully that continues to build his confidence on his way back. Uh, that's what it's for, if nothing else. So, teenage, he knows he's like the most loved dynamo player out there. He and Bossy competing for bossy. most loved. <laughs> bossy loves the love, guys. I gotta tell you, you know, I hate to be the guy to bring it down, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it down and I'm gonna stand with y'all. Let's take our hats off to teenage Hadabi, the unanimous Ben's bestie of the week. He just played too well coming back off the injury. You guys nailed it. I don't need to rehash all the points. Congratulations, Teenage. Excellent performance right in the nick of time as we're making a playoff push. That's when you want players to come in and make an impact, and that's what he's trying to do. So I'm about it. Speaking of playoffs, we've got our playoff push, boys. The big win at Vancouver had me flying high. Then the punch to the gut from Sporting KC makes me wonder... Do we have what it takes? Manny, how are you feeling with playoffs right around the corner? Four games left. Four games left. And uh, as I've mentioned before, even on our last episode of Dinah Bros, is I need three wins. Well, you know, the last time I was on a full episode, I said that I needed five wins for me to feel for me to feel good. We've gotten two since then. I need three more wins. Um, now, I'm not saying that we won't get it if we don't get those three wins, but for me to feel good going, especially going into playoffs, right? Like I, I, I need three more wins. Uh, one of the things I also said on that last episode that I was on was that I would want those three wins. If they were coming, if we didn't get them all like um, kind of broken up in there is the last three games. Uh, what that means is that if we have four games left and we lose this next one, then I need us to win those last three for sure going in on a good foot into playoffs. Uh, but we also play Frisco this weekend and uh, obviously don't want to lose to them. So really, I need us to win the last four games. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I really need us to win the last four games. Um, I still feel confident about playoffs, though. Uh, overall, you know, we're, we're sitting in fourth. The top, what, nine get in. I, I just don't see us doing so poorly that we're going to drop out. We have how many of those games are home? Two, two out of the four? Right, that are left still at home. Um, I don't. Three, I, yeah. I don't see us losing. I don't see us losing those. Maybe we tie one of those, but I definitely don't see us losing those. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not worried about us not making playoffs, but I really would like to secure the the top four still to get that um, home field advantage. Uh, that would be great. Bring bring somebody into the shell and send them packing. Kyle, how are you feeling about our playoffs? You know, I'm still feeling good, even even coming off the loss. Um, I'm feeling good about our team. I'm I'm faithful to the to the boys. Um, that that table though is still it is as ever tight as it was. We are still at uh, 43 points, and this spread from second to ninth is six points. So a couple wins could really swing this table um, in a couple different directions. Like I think also the SKC loss was frustrating too because we had the opportunity to go second which would have been awesome. It's been it's been many moons since we have seen second place. It's been many moons since we've seen fourth place. So I'm still happy about that. But yeah, this this positioning right now is huge, especially with this new like playoff first round system where you have like a home away home game if you it's like a best of 3 system now if you are higher high enough in the table. Um so it's hugely important for us to keep this like top four positioning so that we can get that home field advantage. Uh, and I think we can do it. I'm hopeful and faithful. We can do it. It's just, you know, four tough games to close the season out, except for Colorado who are terrible. Um, but three other tough games and uh, super tight point spread here in the West. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervy. Cause like you said, I think Colorado is the only for sure, like three points of our next four matchups. I think we'll pull at least five points. I think we'll beat Colorado for sure, and then we should be able to catch at least two draws. But Dallas plays hard against us. I think we can beat Dallas. Hear we me rightly. To. But they play hard against us. 
and and they try to come for us. So that makes me nervy. Uh, and then Portland, they're on a tear. They're making a big playoff push themselves right now, and they've kind of like been climbing the table. And you know, Montreal, eight thirty-seven points. They're they're kind of in a we got to fight for it kind of thing you know like they're trying real hard to maintain that positioning and you know they're not going to just roll over so just really nervous about the way it shakes up i don't know how manny's going to get his uh three more wins and colorado's got to be a win dallas i want to be a win very badly and then i guess montreal or portland's gotta gonna have to roll over for us and i just i don't see that happening with the tears that uh portland especially has been on but it's uh, got me a little nervy. I think we make it into playoffs. I just don't know if we hold on to this uh, top four. We'll see. We'll see. Dynamo, don't fail me now. We are faithful to the end. All right, and with that, we're going to talk about some club news. A big deal going on is the Dynados secured playoffs. It was incredibly dramatic. I was watching the game. The announcer was loving like the tension of even if we won, it wouldn't be enough to put us over. Either uh, LAFC2 had to do something or um, Colorado had to win. And it was uh, it was wild because all of a sudden we're losing and then we, we were able to pull it back and scrap back in it. And then he's like, but this isn't enough, Dynamo fans. You guys are going to have to go and become the biggest Colorado fans for the last five minutes of their match. But then Colorado 2 pulls out and gets like four goals over uh, Minnesota United FC, what a mouthful of a name, too, and uh, just crushes them, winds up wiping them out, and basically like opens the door for us to just saunter into playoffs. So well done, Dinah Doe. Super excited for them. Kenny Bundy, you deserve it. Way to lead this team. Uh, Pop and Doy is a lot of fun to watch. He's got a big, uh, a big like touch. Ball does not catch on on the foot super well but when he's running with the ball and taking people out of the box it's a, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun he's got 14 goals this season did you know that i i didn't i didn't know that but it's uh, impressive i've been calling for him to come up and i i don't know how well he would do i'm gonna be honest i don't know how well he would do with the first team but i think he would be a lot of fun to watch because he just like he wants to take people on in the box he wants to run in very direct, and I really enjoy that from footballers. So I think he's fun. How, how long do you play for Dinah Dose, do you think, or any two team before you're like, I have to leave because I need to play for like the big team or a USL team? Like three years, four years, like you've got to be you feeling like you're 24. You're like at that place where you got to go. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's got to be somewhere around there. Like Jacob Evans, I think, is 25, and he's a uh, – He's been like a stalwart in Dynados for the past two years. So you got to feel like that dude's like, I think I need to move up and on into better things. And um, yeah, I think Papandoy is 23, 24, somewhere around there as well. So, you know, he's probably in that same spot as, as Evans is. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to say because I don't really know the dynamics of uh, the MLS Next Pro. Like, I don't know what the paychecks look like. I don't know how how well you can support yourself because you want to play. I get that, and the hope is that you move into the first team and get the big contract. But I don't know what it, what it looks like where he's at, and well, I don't know what I don't know what the team is telling these players either. I do think when you look at how many players have come up out of the dose into the first team, it doesn't look good, right? Mikael, probably the only person who's really had a fair shot. Uh, Brooklyn Reigns, a couple of glimpses, but nothing substantial, and now he's playing with dose again, so on and off. It just it doesn't feel like you have a big shot. So I think the moment that a top-tier team, USL, MLS, overseas, Latin America, wherever, says, "Hey, we want you to play for a first-tier team." I think, I think you jump on it as soon as it happens. Yeah, now you look at like Juan Castilla made his move out. Yeah. yeah, and he's playing. You know, he's playing not in a you know top five league. Obviously, he's playing down in Colombia, but at least he's playing on a first team. First team getting yeah. minutes in a in a obviously <sighs> maybe 
I don't know how highly competitive it is relative to Dose or uh, to MLS Next Pro, but you know it's still a first team, so it's a big step for you know players like that. Yeah, and that, the league minimum for MLS is like eighty five thousand. So I get you know if you're playing in Dose, you're you're probably not even making that league minimum as yeah. a, one of the higher paid players in Dose. So you're not making crazy money, but they're living their dreams, Manny. They yeah. are living the dreams. I'm not saying it's about the money always, but at a oh, point, I mean, look at uh, look at baseball players in the minor leagues. You know, they're not making what boo traveling. So why are we talking about minor league baseball on this podcast? Move minor on. league baseball is beautiful. <laughs> Movies about minor league baseball even more beautiful. Oh my god, <laughs> love it! I love it! I love it! I love it! All right, Ricky, so yeah, of the year. Is the that schedule. what that one is? It gets dropped Saturday, uh, not Saturday, sorry, September 26th. And uh, be sure to support the Dose. Great job making playoffs, boys. We love you here at Dynamo Faithful. Uh, next big thing is the Dash fired their head coach. Kyle, what's happening there? Yeah, Dash have not had a great season. Um, they fired Sam Lady after that 1-0 loss to the San Diego Wave. Uh, I think we picked up a red card in that game as well. It was just not a... Not a great run for them. Um, so he's gone, and they've got assistant coach Sarah Loden stepped into the interim role, and she and the ladies responded with a 1-0 win over Racing Louisville, which is awesome. Um, so, you know, get that that classic manager bounce that we're always looking for. And again, I don't know why teams don't just constantly hire new managers because it seems to work every single time. So... Um, but they've got three games remaining to push for playoffs and it is a tough push because they're three points back from that sixth playoff spot. Um, so they've got like three very tough games going into the end here to try and make their playoff uh, push, which, which would be huge. I think that would be a consecutive playoff berth for them. Um, so that's a, that's a big deal. Hopefully they can make it happen. All right, so Kyle, you're talking about manager boosts. Manny, this is the second time Sarah Loudon has come in as interim manager, and the second time she's given them this manager boost. If these next three games go her way, we they make playoffs or they just miss out, do you think she gets the head coach job after showing now a second time that she can get the job done? <sighs> so the thing about being an interim manager or interim coach is like it guarantees you nothing. It, yeah. And it doesn't like the only way to guarantee that she gets the, the job is like if she took them to the final, like really, like, you know what I mean? Like getting them to the playoffs again, like they'd be, oh, that's great. That's awesome. But then they're going to be like, OK, but who's out there? Who's available? Who has the better resume that they might want to be able to bring in or can bring in? Um, but you you hope that if she can get them in the playoffs and maybe they can make a run in the playoffs, that there's enough, you know, power behind the voices of the players that are behind her. And they'll be like, no, this is who we want. Like she's, you know, a great manager. She's a great man manager. She gets the best out of us, whatever it is. Woe man manager. Woe man manager. That's correct. Thank you, Zinsky. Um, and, and you hope that, that, you know, that's enough to, to convince the powers that be to, to give her the job. Um, she has, I don't want to say she has three games to like convince them that she deserves it. Right. Cause like I said, like when you're the interim coach, like it is a, it is a interview, so to speak, right. You have those games, but unless you do something fantastic, it's, it's never a guarantee that you're, yeah. that you're going to be the person to get it. I'm pulling for, I hope she does get it. And I hope the dash do well, make the playoffs, make a run. Um, she's proven bad. She can be successful in this league with the small amount of time she's had so far. I hope that continues. And, you know, at least uh, for her, it, it opens up eyes to everybody seeing, watching the dash, what she's doing. So if she doesn't get it, I think uh, the organization needs to be careful because you can lose players or not players, sorry, managers and staff when this kind of stuff happens because other teams say, hey, we'll take you. I'm I for one am surprised that Bundy is still MLS next pro coach. I thought he did really well when he took over for the Dynamo last year. So I'm surprised that he's not poached by some team that needed a manager. But who can predict the future? You know? We can, and that's what we're going to do. We're moving on. We are going to preview the open cup final. Guys, I called it 
from the beginning that we were going to the final, but I did not just say we were going. I said we were going to win, and we are taking on Inter-Miami, Messi's Inter-Miami, in his house, and we're going to show him what it really means to be a champion. What has he won that's worth anything? Nothing, because he's never once won the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, and he never will. Your Houston Dynamo are going to stop him in his tracks, and I can't wait for it. Kyle, give us the deets, what's going down, and when. Man, I feel like we need to just end the episode right there. That was inspiring. <laughs> done. I could run through a wall right now. <laughs> um, well done, Sinski. That was great. Wednesday, September 27th, 7.30 p.m. kickoff time out in I think it's technically in Fort Lauderdale. They play in some other place over there, but it's the Drive Pink Stadium. So we're playing in their house, like you said, for a chance at a, at a trophy at Silverware, which is something we've not sniffed in many years. And so this is just a incredible opportunity for this team, these fans. I don't know if y'all read that um, that write up. I don't know if it was from the Athletic or who it was, but it was, it was a good write up. Oh, yeah, it was MLS. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, just a great write up from the perspective of Ben and basically about the resurgence of the Dynamo and how nobody really saw it coming. And Ben was really candid and it was just like, you know, people have um, looked at us like, as if we were invisible for a long time. And, you know, the fans, the, the stadium's not filling up and it's hot outside. And like, we get that. But like, this is, this team is pushing and fighting and, it's true. Like they are in a final, which is incredible, and they're playoff pushing, which is incredible. So um, I'm just so excited for this game. I wish I was there. Um, but you know, kids, wife, mortgage, it's just, you know, thousands yeah, yeah. of dollars. Right. Priorities in life, unfortunately. Um, responsibilities of being an adult. So for those that can go, be loud, wear orange, show up. And hang out with Webb. Toby. No, he'll be there. That's right. Webb, Dynamo president. So um, it's just going to be it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just really like going to soak in the the experience that is Dynamo playing for a cup final. Like that's just you can't you can't overestimate how cool that is for us as fans, for the faithful. So exciting. So exciting. I can't wait for it. Um, Manny, I'm going to ask you a question. Jake wants us to beat Miami at full strength with Messi playing. Right now, it's a question. Is he there? Is he not? Is Miami playing mind games with us? Would you rather face Miami with Messi or without Messi? With Messi or with clean? Okay, so if the question is, do I want to win against full-fledged or uh, Miami with Messi? Yes, definitely. If the question is, would I rather play with him in the team or without him on the team? The question is, or the answer is, without him, definitely. Like, <laughs> he's inevitable. Like we we saw what he did in the League's Cup, and and I know they haven't won every single game with him uh, being there. I, I think they've, I think they might have tied one or two. I don't think they've lost with him in the team, but uh, I think they've tied one or two. I think they tied the game that he got injured and, and went out. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've won some without him too, though. Like the last game that he didn't play, they, uh, or against Orlando, I think they won like a uh, pretty, pretty, yeah, they strong. tied Orlando. But oh, yeah. Was there was a game in then? there. They won. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, they're, I think they have like a mental resurgence, you know, not just the Messi being there, like when he's playing, but like the fact that they have Messi on their team, um, and just being coached probably by Messi a bit too. Uh, and Tata, Tata's a great coach. Uh, like, they, you know, they've, they've got more confidence and stuff now. So like, they're still going to be a team to beat even without Messi playing that team. And we don't need to give them any advantage. Like they're already getting the home game advantage. Like why give them the advantage of having basically like 12 guys on the pitch when you have Messi who plays like two people, like you, like we don't need to, I'm okay without him being there. If we win with him on there, sure. Like that's fantastic. We can always hold that. Right. But guess what? We can always literally hold a cup if That's we right. beat them without him there. Um, I hate, by the way, that these cup finals are not held at neutral ground. Cup finals should always be at neutral. Seriously. Ground. Yeah. Like, Play it at Wembley. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, and I get it for like other sports when it, when it's not like basketball, you know, you get the, the series games home games away, but 
a one game final like should always be played on neutral ground right i want a national stadium like wembley here in america you know that would just be so cool the biggest you know the super bowls played there the lamar hunt u.s open cup final is played there the mls cup final is played there just the biggest games of the world usa uh, men's and women's national teams play there like i would love that i think that would be so fun I don't think, hear me right, I don't think the uh, USMNT and the women's national teams, I don't think they should only play there, but like the big, like major games, yeah, do it there. That'd be awesome. Massive stadium, shoot. That's something you ask the, the fans to shell out for. And, ooh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Okay, I got to hear it. Kyle, first off, caveat, if Either of y'all predict us to lose this game. Our friendship is over. The pod will continue, <laughs> but our friendship is over. All of that said, no pressure. Kyle, what is your prediction for this match? Oh, man, I did. I haven't thought about this yet, so I'm not fully abreast of the rules. I'm going to assume that it goes to extra time followed by kicks from the penalty spot, if, if that's how it works. I think this would be a thrilling one to take to PKs. With, I mean, you imagine Steve Clark in the net shutting down Leo Messi. God, mm. that dramatic walk-off that he does. He doesn't save a lot of PKs, but when he does, he makes it look really cool. That's That would be incredible, but I... That would be cool. I both I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say it's penalties. I'm going to say it's a... I'm going to go late-game thriller, 2-1 win. Regulation time. We, we wrap it up in 90 minutes. Who scores the winner? What do you think? It's going to be some like unsuspecting. It, it'll be like a Sviatchenko goal or something. Um, I think this, does Scory Baird score in a cup final? Oh, I think he does. He's had a couple games off. I think it's time for him to With get the back pressure on. on that would really seal the deal for me for Corey Baird in my book. Yeah, Manny, what is your prediction in the biggest game of the season for us? Yeah, question for you guys real quick. Does do cards carry over into the U.S. Cup or no? Like, does Dor- Dorsey won't miss this? He'll miss no, the, no, no yeah. Okay. Just checking. All right. So that said, this is a three-one win Ooh. for us. Messi will not be playing. That is the full prediction. Okay. I I think Messi does play. I think he does. Yeah, I do but too. I still I think, think we games. win two-one. Messi scores a goal. But but we score early because Messi gets subbed on. Okay, we score early. Scory Baird, he says, yes, Sinsky, I am the man. You may be Sinsky man, but I am the man. I am him. I'm Scory Baird. And he scores the first goal early. And then Messi gets subbed on and scores. And it's late. Game's coming. The, the clock is ticking up. Come, game's coming to a close. We sub on Ivan Franco. But we don't get a Franco goal. We get a Griffin Dorsey goal. Classic bombing down the wing like it's 2021 all over again, 2022, and just bombs down the wing, cuts inside, makes Messi look messy, makes himself look like the GOAT, and another left-footed curler in, just an absolute banger of a goal. And the celebration is so wild. You can't hear a single Miami and Aegon in the stands. You just hear the Houstonians loud and proud and cheering on their team. Somebody probably goes streaking down the field. Yes, streaking down the field in excitement because it's just such a massive moment. And that's how we win and we get our trophy. And it will be beautiful and wonderful and the television got to cut to commercials because they can't show naked people. <sighs> That's how uh, it go. Listeners, if you're wondering, that fan is Sinsky and he won't be at the game. It'll just be around his own yard. So neighbors, beware. That's just <laughs> forewarning. I just take my shirt off in celebration. Let that be known. For a cup final, Sinsky, you're only going to take your shirt off? I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> oh, man. And against Messi. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? <sighs> But that's not our only game this week. No, that is a massive game, but we have another big game because of how tight the West is. We're going up against FC Dallas. Manny, give us the details on this game. Can't remember. Is it home or away? It is home. Yeah, it is. It is 
home and it's going to be huge. All right. So it's this Saturday, September 30th at 730 in the shell where we will definitely give them hell. We have to. Um, so they are one, three and one in their last five, not in great form. Uh, I guess you could say only one loss, but again, only three ties. Um, not a great defense this year. You know, they're uh, uh, ninth, 39 points. Uh, they've given up, I believe, like 40 uh, some goals. Let me check really. Uh, wait, no, sorry, sorry. No, not that many. Uh, 33 goals. Um, but their defense isn't as, as good as it used to be. And uh, Jesus Ferreira is not uh, scoring like he was last season. I think he's only at 12 goals for this season. Um, and last year, I think he was pushing, you know, upwards in the teens, uh, high teens up into the 20s by this point last year. So uh, all good things for us. All good things for us. Man, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, before we give our predictions, you know, this is a league game, which means that we have a Dinobot prediction. I'm going to go ahead and let the faithful hear that. Dinobot, hit us with your prediction. How's this game going to go? Dinobot's prediction for... Houston Dynamo versus FC Dallas. 42% chance Houston Dynamo win. 30% chance FC Dallas win. 28% chance the two teams draw. Dale, Dale, Dale Dynamo and stay faithful. Welcome back, Dinobot. Welcome back into my good graces. 42%. It should be at least 50 though, man. I'm going to tell you that. It should be at least 50% because we're at home. This is the Shell Stadium. We have got to be the best home team in the league. I haven't looked at any stats to confirm that, but I don't know any team that does as well as we do at home. So, Dinobot, I like that you're predicting a win. I don't know if I love that you're not predicting at least a 50% chance because this feels like a must win and a going to win to me. Kyle, give me your prediction on how this game's going to go. This one's tough. Um, I do not envy Ben's decision-making that he has to pull off here this week. Um, Nor do I envy being a professional soccer player on the Dynamo who has to go with these, this schedule, you know, congestion, and especially coming off of a Wednesday cup final into a Saturday home rivalry Derby facing Frisco. Like rough, rough. Yeah. This is, this is going to be tough on the legs, on the minds, the kind of mental push here. So, but obviously I'm faithful and yes, I think Dinobot should be at least 50% if we're at home. So this is, this is for sure a dub. It is going to be, I think a hotly contested dub. So I'm going to go ahead and just call it a, um, I'm going to call it a one nil. It's going to be a scrappy one nil and we pull off a goal and we turtle up and we just try to absorb and uh but we pull off the dub i think it's hugely important for this team to get three points in this game um we absolutely cannot let frisco come in here and take three points um if they took up a point like i'll be sad but i might be understanding because obviously we'll have just lifted a trophy but they absolutely cannot take three points like um, it needs to be uh it needs to be a, a point or none preferably okay um i'm i'm about that manny what's your prediction yeah i think that i was gonna go 2-1 originally you know i'm gonna stick with the 2-1 we're gonna we're gonna win 2-1 it is gonna be tight tight one of those goals is gonna be a penalty because it is you know it is a texas derby so it's gonna get a little a little heated uh, we'll take that penalty. It'll be great. Uh, Acha Acha. Oh, Bossy's back. Probably Bossy buries it. So good to go there. Uh, and the, the other goal, we just don't like to let teams score at the shell. So it's going to be our, another own goal. We're actually going to score all three goals this time again. Uh, but we're still going to win two, one. So that's, what's going to happen there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a very contentious battle. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hopefully going. If uh, Kyle will let me know, I'll, I'll figure out if that's something we're doing. So I want to go. I just want to get better seats, but I also just want to go. We're going to drop some cash. All right, let's do it. And y'all rich. Okay, here's what I think. When I think about FC Dallas and the Houston Dynamo, I hearken back to Hector Herrera's home opener, when, his first game at home. Y'all remember that? What a beautiful moment when he came on, how loud the fans were, how how intense and crazy Jake's rant after the game. Just beautiful, yeah. immaculate, legendary. Wonderful. And uh, 
I think it's going to be another one of those where it's going to be intense. It's going to be a battle. You know, we're going to hate everything they do. They're going to hate us. And it's going to be a real rivalry match, unlike what we saw against Sporting KC there. So I think, it, like, you're right, hotly contested, big-time battle. But for sure we come out on top. For sure we come out on top. And I think I think it's a 1-0, and I think it's a Hector Herrera goal. That's what I really think. I think it's going to be really, really difficult. A lot of saves, a lot of big tackles, big-time tackles that make you want to cheer. But when push comes to shove, Hector Herrera is going to put one in and be the captain of this team, and that's how it's going to go down. That's how we win that. What do you think, Kyle? I love that. I love the idea of HH getting his goal against Dallas. That's just – that would make this the tops for me to see them have to, you know – walk their way back up that super boring 45 North drive and just go back to that terribly lame city. Um, also important to note here, we are missing fan favorite pod favorite Griffin Dorsey for this game. Yellow yeah. card accumulation. I think Luis Caicedo is the other one as well that we're going to be missing. He picked up yeah. a yellow um, in the KC game, which is really unfortunate um, as far as depth goes. Cause he's, very good. And obviously Griff is very good. Um, also fun thing for Hispanic heritage night, they are giving away luchador masks at this game, uh, which I love. I love to see those. I love to see when there's a few fans that like always make the Instagram page for the dynamo that are wearing the luchador masks. And I oh, just yeah. love to see it respect to those people for wearing those masks all game. Uh, Cause it Especially is the heat. at least 115 degrees inside that mask. So uh, but that would be cool. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Manny will, will shell out, get us the good tickets where we can get a luchador mask. All right, to go. I'm in. I'm in on uh, Manny's money for sure, for sure, for sure. And we are going to move on. We're so close to the end of this pod. It's time for the fun wrap up. So let's go ahead and wrap this up, guys. We are this close to a cup. This close. One more game. And you know what the best part about winning a trophy is? The trophy itself. It's a cup. And I want to know, Manny, Kyle, what is your favorite cup? And when I say that, I mean championship reward or literal drinking cup. What is your favorite? Manny, you can go first. Ooh. All right. So, guys, there's nothing when you're growing up like getting treats and snacks at your grandma's house milk and cookies top bins from grandma's house right my grandmother used to have this mcdonald's plastic mug that has been in her family and our family for decades like i'm i'm 35 right and it's been with her as far back as i can remember i'm pretty sure she had it before i was even born so this cup's at least 40 years old Okay, like this is the cup that we went to grandma's house. Like we argued over who was going to get this McDonald's cup. There's literally nothing super special about it. It's a white plastic mug that has the McDonald's logo on it. It's fading, but that that was the cup. My grandmother recently moved from her her house. She was living in like a three bedroom, two bath house just by herself to a um, a smaller like apartment. So it's just a one bedroom and she had to get rid of some stuff. And literally my mom was like, go through the house, find anything you might want take it grandma says it's yours you can have it and that was the first thing i went to look for it was like where is the mcdonald's mug the mcdonald's mug is mine i need it couldn't find it i don't know i think she took it i think she might my grandmother packed it she still has it so it's still in the family it's not gone but the mcdonald's plastic no reason to be special other than that it's grandma's mug that's probably like 45 years old now if not older is my favorite cup of all time. The the moment she passes, I will be taking that cup and cry tears into it because I will miss my grandmother, but I will always be able to remember her with that mug in my hand. So that is the favorite cup. That is beautiful, Manny. Mm. Producer Ian, insert a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, please. <laughs> oh my gosh, tears, <laughs> tears. I was like, well, I got, look at me here. <laughs> Kyle, what is your favorite cup? I am going to answer this with both of the options before me. So uh, favorite cup championship reward related. 
is I love the FA Cup. I think the FA Cup is incredible. I think the history behind it, the tournament itself is just remarkable. I also think that's why the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup is really great. It's it's modeled very similarly after that. Um, I don't actually know if that's a thing or not, but they are similar in terms of who plays who, and you've got non-league teams with the opportunity to play league teams. A few years back, Tottenham played like a seventh non-league side team, Marine FC or something like that, and it was just like it was legitimately like a park pitch with houses right next to it and people watching the game out of their backyard. Like the magic of the FA cup is just something that you don't really get elsewhere. Um, so that's my favorite cup from that perspective. But then I also would like to mention my favorite drinking vessel, which I, um, which is a little bit ironic. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do love a nice coffee mug. I think a mug that feels nice in your hand and maintains temperature well is nice and it's just aesthetically pleasing and the top one for me waffle house coffee mugs they cannot be beat they are perfectly suited to one's ergonomical structure of their hand they maintain heat and cold very well and they just look pleasant like the design hasn't changed in like 55 years and if you ask your a server at Waffle House for a mug. They will be very confused as to why you didn't just steal one when you were leaving. Um, but you can pay for them and they are a dollar if you want to buy one. So we have one. My wife has one. She uses it all the time. I got to use it today, which was really special. <laughs> well, Faithful, every time we do one of these podcasts, I'm a coffee drinker, okay? And I've got this Bruno Fernandez coffee mug. It's pretty special. I got it for five bucks. Uh, pretty awesome. But it's not my favorite. No. You see, because I do I do like a coffee mug, much like my friend Kyle here, but that's not my most preferred drinking vessel. No. I like pint glasses. I collect pint glasses. I have a Houston Dynamo one. I have that. It, it was a two-pack, so I have two actually. Uh, big fan of that cup. I've got a uh, pint glass from a place called The Virginian, which is a bar slash restaurant that my wife and I went to on our pseudo honeymoon. It was like our honeymoon got postponed. We went to San Antonio for our honeymoon, but really we were supposed to go to Virginia. Hurricane came through, had to go to San Antonio instead. So later on that summer we went. It's great. Virginian was great in Virginia. Uh, tongue twister, say that three times fast. But special mug as that was, my son broke it. So it's not my favorite cup anymore. But I do have this cup from Fairbanks, Alaska. I went on a mission trip with my best friend, Robert, to Fairbanks, Alaska. We go to this really nice restaurant up there, the whole crew that's on the trip. And um, people are stealing these cups. I'm not going to name names because... Ain't no snitch, you know, but people are stealing these cups. I purchase my cup because I'm an upstanding, upright young man, and it's beautiful. You know, it was chilled when uh, I was drinking out of the one at the restaurant, so I bought one. It makes me want to chill it every time I use it because it's the best way to drink a, a drink is that has been chilled in a pint glass. And anyway, on the way back from the restaurant, my cup goes missing. And I know I'm in a car or bus with a bunch of thieves because I saw them steal their cups. And I'm wondering who stole mine. Well, years later, my best friend Rob's wife gives me as a birthday present my cup that I purchased from this restaurant from Fairbanks, Alaska. She had thought that I stole it. And when my best friend Robert realized they had two of that cup in his house, I'm not going to say whether he bought his or didn't, but realized he had two. He asked his wife, why do we have two? I didn't know you took one. And she says, that's that's Chris's, and that's what he gets for stealing. And he tells her that I did not steal it. I purchased it. And so she returns it to me for my birthday. So that is my favorite cup, because what, what other cup has a memory like that and such a fun story? That will wrap up our pod. Subscribe and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Be sure to comment on X about us. We love you guys and are grateful for all of you. Stay faithful.
Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. Is this new club we go to? Club News.